Hello and welcome to episode 461 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always as a glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew Ferguson. How are you? Yeah, it feels a bit foreign. I've been away a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit of a break, but that's okay. You know, it's been a very quiet off-season, which, which is interesting. There's been a little bit of news the last couple of days. But what we decided to do was a Christmas special where we just sing Christmas carols for an hour to our listeners. So, Jingle Bulls, are you ready? Okay, let me just give them a scratch. <laughs> no, we won't subject people to that. I actually listen to a podcast where they do shit like that at Christmas, and it's it, I just can't listen to it. No, I I legitimately hate Christmas songs. Really? Why is that? Yeah, I don't know. They just they just seem to defy what music should sound like. Okay. They're hateful. <laughs> They're despicable. What's, what's hateful about Jingle Bells? I detest Christmas music. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how or why it started. I, they started playing it at work recently. Yeah. And they've got, you know, all throughout the whole facility. And I'm just listening to, listening to it, feeling absolutely miserable going. I think it's just dawned on me that I fucking hate Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> and as the day progressed, I got more and more pissed off with it. I went, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I genuinely do. I don't like them anymore. I love Christmas, mm. especially now you've got kids, you know. It, it's awesome watching them unwrapping stuff and making yeah. a mess and loving what they're doing. Love all of that. That's all fantastic. Just hate Christmas songs. That's the only part of them I don't like. I guess there is something about having Christmas songs pumped into a warehouse, like nonstop, over and over again, like yeah. playing on repeat, that's a little bit off-putting. Yeah, and you kind of want to have an upbeat environment. And a lot of Christmas songs, while they've got bells in there and it sounds like it's Christmassy and cheery, they play pretty slow, which it just uh, seems a bit miserable. Okay. Yeah. I guess the other thing is too, it's like when somebody, when something is put to you to be cheery about while you're working and you're, while you're doing some difficult work, it's like, yeah. can, can we just, can we pump the brakes here while I do my job? Exactly. You know, and, you know I'm, I'm an asshole by nature. So if someone's trying to force me to do something, I'll just push back in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. the same. I'm the same. <laughs> See, that's why we're not journos. <laughs> yeah. We don't do what we're told. Exactly, exactly. We don't listen to our paymasters. <laughs> now, what would um, a little bit of news around. You were telling me that there are new international rugby league rankings. Yeah, they've, they've come out uh, today. Mm-hmm. And look, the, mo- the biggest surprise is England isn't one. Wow, that's a shock. The second biggest surprise, England went down in the rankings. Oh, by how many? One spot. Okay. And the third biggest surprise is they're not above Australia. Yeah, it's funny so, how winning the World Cup makes you the best team in the world. Yeah, um, like um, I, I genuinely thought, though, that uh, when I looked at it, I went, looks like a typo. <laughs> um, I, I had a glimpse at the world rankings, and there was one that stood out for me. I bet yeah. you know who it is. But would it be a team we... that's ranked 10th? Yes. Yes, it would be. I had a few questions myself about it. Okay. So I'm just going to 
I'll go through the rankings. As I go through, I'll, I'll raise some that I've got a few concerns about. Okay. So number one's Australia. Makes sense. Number yeah. two, New Zealand. They were number one before, so I figured fair enough. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, you know, and you can, you can, you know, make some arguments that it should be Samoa because they lost the World Cup final, but, you know, close enough. Yeah, well, Samoa, they're three. They've moved up from seventh to third. That's um, cool. England have gone from third down to fourth. Okay, it must be all of those highly rated opponents that they've beaten in World mm. Cups, but anyway. Tonga dropped from second to fifth. That's a big I, drop. I... I don't know. I think I'd probably prefer to have Tonga and England the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, PNG's gone from fifth down to six. Mm-hmm. Fiji from sixth down to seventh. Lebanon has gone from thirteenth up to eighth. Okay. France hasn't moved. They're still ninth. Okay. Wales has jumped from sixteenth up to tenth, and I'd like to know how. So would I, because they were absolutely useless at the World Cup. Might as well have not turned up. Yeah. Uh, Ireland have moved up from 12th to 11th. Again, how? Mm-hmm. Cook Islands from 20th up to 12th. That makes sense. Cause, yeah, you that know, makes sense. Yeah. They've made the World Cup. Jamaica from 21st up to 13th. Again, that makes sense. They've gone up. Mm-hmm. Italy from 17th up to 14th. Um, that seems a bit low to me when you consider how they performed again versus how say Wales performed and Jamaica yep I'm I'm not too upset about that only because there's not a huge amount of teams below them who probably have a strong claim to be above them mm-hmm. um, Serbia have moved from eighth down to 15th how was Serbia eighth? I think when the last rankings were done, they had been rather active internationally. Um, And so that carries some weight and that pushed them up a bit. Mm -hmm. But I think that's how it was. However, I don't think they've played many games in the last 12 months. So I'm surprised they've only dropped seven spots. Now, we've looked at Jamaica, Cook Islands um, and Italy who all made the World Cup and all went up, you know, several places on the rankings. Yeah. Then we've got Greece, who are 11th. They've gone down to 16th. Again, I'd like to know how that works. How do three other nations who performed rather similarly to to Greece, Mm. how did they go up in rankings and Greece went down? Well, great. Like, if you had to say the worst team at the World Cup, it's probably between Greece and Jamaica. Yes. You know, and they were just probably behind the likes of Scotland and Wales. But in but saying if that... If they've all played the same amount of games, how? Do, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, and how are they still behind Serbia when Serbia haven't played, even been to the World Cup? Yeah. I don't understand that. Um, how have teams that played the same amount of games and lost just as many games as them, jumped them. Yeah, significantly. Mm. Uh, I mean, Wales jumped them. Yeah, that makes no sense. No. Uh, Scotland have moved from 15th down to 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, the Netherlands from 14th down to 18th. 
Malta from 10th down to 19th, mm-hmm. which, again, is probably more of a correction, given that they were rather high at 10. Um, Turkey, 19 to 20. Germany, 25 to 21. Now we're going to get a few here, which are going to sound a bit crazy. And okay. I'll tell you why. There's three South American countries here, um, Brazil, Chile, and Colombia. Yeah. They've all improved an awful lot because the week after the World Cup, I believe it might have been two weeks after mm-hmm. the World Cup final, they played in the South American Championships. Yeah. So they all played against one another in a little knockout thing. Completely legit tournament. It's all yep. part of the World Cup yep. um, process. So that's a large reason why they've gone up. There's also three or maybe four African nations as well. And just before the World Cup, we had the Middle East, uh, Middle East and Africa, something like that. It's Middle NBA East, Championships. Asia? Uh, Africa. Okay. Yeah. So they, they played the, their tournament as well okay. as part of this process. And so because they've played really recent games, just either side of the World Cup, they've all got a pretty significant boost here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll rattle them off. Chile have moved from, uh, sorry, Brazil. They won the South American Championship. They've moved from 40th up to 22nd. They're the biggest mover. Um, Chile have gone from 32 to 23. Nigeria, 28 to 24. South Africa, 30 to 25. I think they've only played one or two games. Mm -hmm. Um, Ghana, 31 to 26. Czech Republic, I don't think they've been too active. They've gone from 18 down to 27. Ukraine obviously haven't been too active. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone from 26 down to 28. The Philippines have been quite active yep. in winning games, and they've gone from 24th down to 29th. That doesn't make sense. Again, yeah. they've been playing the game longer at an international level than the South American and the African nations have, and yet here they are going down still. Um, that, to me, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poland... 22nd down to 30th. Cameroon have gone from 36 up to 31st. Kenya are now on the list. They weren't before. They're at 32. Um, Spain, 29 down to 33. Bulgaria, 41 up to 34. Norway have gone from 23 down to 35. Again, I don't think they've played. Colombia from 45 up to 36. Hungary, 35 down to 37. Russia are no longer on the list. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they were 37th. The US, I don't think have played any games. They've gone from 27th down to 38th. There's some weird shit going on in United States Rugby League. Yeah. Know? And it's to the point where now even I can't follow it. It's just know. such a mess. It is a mess. And it's not the first time they've gone through this. Yeah. Um, but as an international side, I think that is way too low for them. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be ranking higher than that. Um, Montenegro from 44 up to 39. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, 43 up to 40. Solomon Islands, 39 down to 41. Sweden from 34 down to 42. Morocco, 33 down to 43. Canada have gone from 38th down to 44th, which is, that's pretty nasty. Yep. Um, Japan weren't on here before. They're at 45. Vanuatu have gone from 42 down to 46. El Salvador weren't here before. They're at 47. Belgium were 47th down to 48. 
Denmark were 46th down to 49. Latvia, 48th down to 50th. And Argentina are now the 51st team on the list. There we go. How about that? Mm. Look, I mean, I just don't know who the list is for. I've said it before. I'll say it for forever. I don't know who the list is for. I don't know what it's supposed to represent. But it gets put out by the International Rugby League and everyone ignores it. Yeah. Look, I will say it's it's a lot closer to where it should be this time around because last time they went through this, um, they didn't factor in COVID at all and they should have done, and it was a mess. Um, we're not looking at too many teams that are out of spot, but there are a few. Wales, I don't know how they remain. You know, I don't know how they improve by six spots. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. And I don't know how they – if it's because they've been around for a while, how come the Philippines went down and dropped behind teams that haven't been around as long? Mm. So I, that's the thing. It's not even about picking and choosing nations that you, you know, may favour or may not favour. You've got to look at there's, – there's no consistency with it in times no. like that. And that's the thing I don't get. Well, when the, the rankings don't make sense, like when you look at it and you every single time they put these rankings out, they don't make sense. No, They're well, just so silly. And right now, your top 16 teams should be the 16 teams that are in the World Cup. You would think so. And it's pretty easy to sort out. The team that won is first, the team, that's, the team that was runner-up is second, the teams that lost the semis, rank them third and fourth based on, you know, what their overall performance was like. You can just put it all in one big ladder if you need to. Yeah. Just go down based on points difference and wins loss, that sort of stuff. Bam, there's your top 16. You can figure a way out to do that. And then you sort out everybody else after that. And as much as as much as much we may not disagree with Scotland being at 17th, they were in the World Cup. So they should yeah. be in the top 16. But Serbia is in there, and they've never been in a World Cup. That's weird. Yeah. I agree. I mean, when did... When did Serbia last play an international? I'm going to check this out. Because it doesn't feel like they've played that many of late. I just don't know how you can lose. You can go to the World Cup, lose every single game at the World Cup, and not be at the bottom of that top 16. Yeah. With other teams that have also lost every single game. Serbia hasn't played an international this year. Okay. The last one was a 54-18 win over Ukraine. Very famous victory that was. Yeah, that came a week after they belted Russia 66-10. That was a very famous victory as well. No wonder those two countries are at war. They pissed yeah. off over Serbia bashing them in rugby league. Yeah, yeah. They were basically started arguing about who was better. Yeah. They were trying to work it out on for and against. Mm. Mind you, between those two games that Serbia played, Ukraine absolutely decimated Russia 96-18. to I bet that was a popular day. Yeah, that went down well. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. That's the international rankings. Um, we might remember that uh, prior to the World Cup, I was saying that I wouldn't be surprised if Australia moved up, but they didn't get to number one. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised that they, had, they did get to number one. Not because I don't think they deserve to be there, but I thought just the way the thing calculates and the way it functions and it uses recency bias and blah, 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 blah. I just thought they're not going to get there. They hadn't played any internationals for, you know, 
three years or something like that. I so like I the way when, when the International Rugby League put out the press release on their website, first of all, they didn't put the list of teams as you have read them out on their website in the press no. release. You had to go and find them. Yes. Um, but they basically said Australia's now in first place. They were in like fourth and they'd lost two of their last four games. And it's like, yeah, but what about the previous like 100 <laughs> You 200, know. 300. Yeah, like, it just, it's so silly. And I, it feels like they put together that list to show somebody that has never seen rugby league, like saying, hey, look, this is a very international game. Look at this list. And um, if you didn't know what you were really looking at, you might go, oh, look, there's teams from all over the world that are really good at this game. But when the rubber meets the road, um, it, the list doesn't really matter. No, not hugely. It's it's something that I think that they'd wanted to do for a long time was mm. have a an international ranking thing because nearly every other sport does. Yeah, yeah. Just because every other sports do it doesn't mean it. You need to. Um, and for me, the only reason why a ranking system would work was for qualifying for a World Cup. Yes. Um, and it's not been used for that at all. Um. So, I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to figure out a good system for figuring figuring out how the ranking should work yeah. and also apply it so I could determine who the best country was every year mm-hmm. from day one. Um, obviously, that's going to take some time, so I've got to figure out a system that would work there. But that would be something that I could – I might tinker with if I don't have other stuff to do. I mean, I do have other stuff to do, but – I tend to procrastinate and get bored with that and do something else. So I might do that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, I always think about when people do power rankings lists for the NRL. And yeah. I always find it funny because, like, the NRL has literally got a ladder where yeah. teams are ranked by their performance over the course of the season. Yes. Um, obviously, it's a little bit more complicated with international rugby league, but as you say, you would think that the top 16 is pretty straightforward, but they've managed to make that a little bit more complicated too. Yeah, it's a bit weird. And look, power rankings lists, all of them are you know, almost entirely opinion-based. The only one that wasn't opinion-based was the one that I, I did for a little bit there because it was all um, calculated with formulas. And you were given points based on the strength of your opposition, and that was the strength one was based on their ladder position at the time, and how much you beat them or lost to them by it was determined how many points or you gained or lost on the ladder. Yeah. So if the first place team beat the sixteenth place team, you didn't get two points for a win; you got one point. But if the sixteenth team beat the first place team, you got sixteen points. Yeah. It may sound crazy, but it was pretty spot on. It's amazing how maths can do that for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just think anything that comes out of the International Rugby League, you've got to look at it. You've got to realise it's not for you, even if you are a rugby league fan. And I mean this for rugby league fans everywhere, you know, not just in Australia or New Zealand or wherever. you just got to understand that as people that, for the most part, are very insular and stroking their own ego while they put this shit out. I don't know if you've seen, but there's a, an issue. Remember how 
um, they did the the merchandising with the World Cup and they said Australia put the wrong numbers on jerseys because they'd been asked to. And they said, oh, it's going to, you know, it was supposed to be for marketing and Australia's fucked it up um, by doing exactly what you asked them to do. Well, it turns out that they've been taking orders heading into Christmas of merchandise and haven't been sending them out. <laughs> so... <laughs> They'll probably find a way to blame the Australian Rugby League for that as well. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, every single aspect of that Rugby League World Cup, especially when you look at the Soccer World Cup follows it up, right? And yeah. there were so many, like, it shouldn't have been in Qatar, right? <laughs> but there were so many amazing things that happened sports-wise in that World Cup, and it was so exciting. And when you put that up against the Rugby League World Cup, which was just very blah, you know, and probably on, I think on the field, it was the worst tournament in terms of, it was just so uncompetitive for the most part. There was like, I think you were saying how there were, there were four games that were decided within 20 points or something ridiculous like that. You know, it was, it just wasn't competitive at all. And no. we won't. No, nobody's going to be talking about that great World Cup game that we watched this year. Um, we might talk about England versus Samoa because that had a really cool ending. Mm. But outside of that, I mean, how many of the games do you really think about? Like, it was just a non-event. That's right. Um, the the only highlight for me out of the whole World Cup, if I'm honest, is the fact that Greece got there despite all the shit they had to overcome to get there. Mm. Um, sure, they were not great on the field, but they weren't They weren't going to be at the World Cup with, you know, with eyes on winning the prize or even probably even just winning games. Yeah. The fact they got there was their World Cup victory. True, very true. Um, and I don't think that you and me... You know, we've been critical about a lot of aspects of the World Cup and teams that were there. I don't think we were ever really critical of of them getting a chance, of Greece oh, getting a chance to be there, you know. Not at all, not at all. Um, I, I think that the qualification process going forward should be looked at, but I thought it was great, great that Greece were there. The same way that I think that it's cool that Lebanon's there, you know. Yeah, well, um, Lebanon have become a team that legit deserves to be there now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope they continue to stay there. Just, yeah. We won't go over ground we've trod on before, but true. I, I, I think it's, the sooner we move to England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland becoming Great Britain again, the better we'll be because then that's just three other spots we can open up to other nations. I agree. It, or even cut it down for, you know, yeah. staying teams to, I don't know, 12 or something. I, there's... There's obvious. I mean, it was just too uncompetitive, and I don't think anybody wants the World Cup to be a foregone conclusion every time until the last couple of weekends. You know, if no. we're going to do that, we might as well just play a four nations tournament. What we should do next time is just take these world rankings here and make them useful. So Big the guy. top four teams are in pool A, the next four teams are in pool B, and that way you are going to get a bunch more of much. You know, you're going to get more closer games because it's going to be teams that are more similarly ranked playing each other. Yeah. You're not going to get 
you know, Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, England coming up against Jamaica or Greece or, you know, Serbia or someone like that, if they make it, they're going to be playing each other. I tell you what, the just having it as a knockout comp, I reckon. I, I know I've said it before. I know it's not the ideal format, but I just think if every game you have a chance to be knocked out, every game has stakes to it. You can invite 16 teams. It's all over pretty quickly. We're not dragging it out. Um, we get a world champion at the end. Um, to me, that would work. And you could then you could have your rankings where you take the top 16 teams, you know, from the world rankings. But Mate, there's a know. better system now. We've got, uh, we've got 51 nations. <laughs> like we're before, using... I've, I've said it before, I'll do it again. Mate, Mortal Kombat, we start with Argentina. They play Latvia. Winner plays Denmark. Winner plays Belgium. We keep going one game every week until the last week of the year. Boom, World Cup final. They're playing Australia. And we can just do that every year. We could do that. We could do that. Like we're using the World Cup. The World Cup method that we're using is very good for soccer. Really, really works well for soccer. Yeah, much like the um, Challenge Cup system, the Super League RFL Challenge was it Championship and League One systems works really well in soccer. Mm, yeah, yeah. But rugby league is a different sport with different margins. Yeah, maybe, maybe the people that run the game should think about that. Yeah, stop watching soccer. Yeah, exactly. And stop calling it football. It's not football. No, soccer. It's soccer. It's That's soccer. right. Get it How right. How about that? Uh, <laughs> did you see the pitch invasion that happened? If For people that don't know, in Australia, the A-League, which is the professional soccer league, they decided to do a deal with the New South Wales government. So the the grand final would be played in Sydney for like the next three years or something for a, a big sum of money. Anyway, yeah. soccer fans in the A-League were not happy about it. And I kind of get it. I don't think that system works well for soccer. And so they were all going to walk out at the 20th minute. Now, I thought that that was a great way to protest against the decision that was made. Unfortunately, at one game, one group of supporters ran onto the pitch. They threw something at the opposition uh Goalkeeper, like a his steel bin or something. What was it? A steel bin. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I went, where the fuck did they get that from? Yeah, it's a good had, point. Had like white powder or something come off it when they hit, when they threw it too. Yeah. Where, have you, when was the last time you saw a steel bin at a football game? Yeah, never. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and so they they attacked the, the goalkeeper for the opposition and the referee very valiantly got between the How supporters. How big? are those nuts on that referee. Yeah, very big, because you would think that he ran towards the problem. He yeah. Didn't from that. that was very courageous. It him. wasn't like there was just stuff being thrown. He saw people charging the, the fence, and they were breaking it, and he immediately ran down to the player to try and protect him and did a reasonably good job. Yeah. Um, mate, the nuts on that bloke. Fair dinkum. Yeah. It was... Uh, he would be the only human in the world who could tell Chuck Norris what to do, and Chuck Norris would fucking listen. I don't know. I think Chuck Norris would stare him down. Mm, nah, I'm giving full props to that ref, man. <laughs> Massive nuts. So it was anyway. <laughs> it was very sad to see because soccer really struggles to get. It struggles to stay on the front foot in Australia, in amongst the other sports. 
and they had got a lot of positive energy out of the Soccer World Cup because Australia did really, really well. Mm. And they were only beaten in the Soccer World Cup by the two finalists, which is pretty incredible when you think about that. And then a couple of weeks later, this sort of thing happens. And it was just, it it really was rotten to see. Yeah, all the momentum they got out of the World Cup, all those years build up, and in the space of, what, a minute, boom. Not just all gone. They've gone backwards. Yeah, just complete, like, couldn't have come up with a worst-case scenario. You know, yeah. just terrible. Um, and you know they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to deal with the fallout of that, and sport in Australia is gonna have to deal with the fallout of it. It's weird because I grew up when I was a, a little kid, like when I was five, I wanted to be a socceroo, right? Mm-hmm. And it was called soccer to me, and me and my friends would play soccer, and because you know it's a, the easiest sport for kids at that age to play. Yeah. And then as got older, you know, sort of went more towards rugby league and that sort of stuff. But then when I got to a certain age, I ran into the thing of people in the Australian media, and it was soccer-based media, who talked about how soccer has always been talked down and people don't like it. And they, you know, the thing of they call it wog ball and blah, 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 and all this sort of shit. And that was never my experience with it. So I was like, what are they talking about? You know, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they all so angry? I thought, I thought soccer was a great sport, you know? And this sort of built in hang up, um, it, it's very strange to me. And you see it sometimes in rugby league where people will be like, oh, they, people, it's a class thing in rugby league and it's mostly an English thing where they say it's a class thing in rugby league and people in the South don't like it and it's upper class don't like rugby league. And you're like, that's not my experience with rugby league. It's mainstream sport. Like, what are you talking about? It's really cool to play. That's the thing though, that that whole class thing, that emanates from where the game began, but not where it is. And I think some people cling on to that much like what you're talking about there with the soccer. Like, was it the eighties and nineties? Was it the was it called the NSL then? National Soccer yeah. League? Yeah. And it was a lot of clubs were based on um you know, different nations and a lot of them were from the Eastern European nations here, like Croatian based teams and Serbian teams and that sort of thing. And the the games would get quite hostile in the in the crowds. And I think because of that, it was never taken seriously here. Because the, it's almost like the game was out of control, and the teams and the the fans are just doing as they wanted, and it just never got the mainstream media access it wanted. And I think in what two thousand and six at that World Cup that Australia made the first time in a long time, they the whole A League thing, you know, came about around that time as well from memory, um, and they cleaned it all up and they they got rid of all of that drama and just got back to you know, let's have teams in every you know capital city and work from there. And so they they worked good off the back of that. But, uh, yeah, some pretty almost rugby union type moves by the administrators in the last few years where yeah. it's we need to make money. Yeah, ahead of the good of the sport itself. Yeah, you think, uh-huh. you know, the difference between the, you know, soccer and, and rugby union is – 
FIFA has a fuck ton more money than the IRB does. Like True. If, you, if you need some money to prop up your local game or your, your national competition, I'm sure FIFA will say, look, we'll help you out for a little bit. They, they shouldn't have to go and sell their soul for a few extra dollars in yeah. order to try and keep afloat. I, I don't think FIFA would allow that, especially given that, you know, there is plenty of money to be made from soccer in Australia and Australia's gone close to, having, to hosting their own World Cup here a few times now. Um, you know, I... I I think if they were smarter, they could they could work their way around that. And given that, unlike AFL, Rugby Union, Rugby League, where they actually have an actual centre, you know, one one actual city where the game emanated from and, and just remained that sort of that centre or heartbeat for it, yeah. soccer isn't like that here. It is prominent in all the cities. So yeah. you can't go around just nailing down the grand final to one city for three years. That's just nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And one of the cool things about the the soccer when they get to the grand final is that it, it ends up at someone's home, you know, basically home city. And you've got to go there and, and beat them there, you know. Um, I don't mind that system. It, look, it's, it works great for soccer. With I always thought with rugby league that, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that would blow up about it being in Sydney. And it was a lot of people in Queensland and more specifically the Broncos administrators and this is in the 90s yeah and then I heard so many of the Broncos players say no we love going to Sydney because that that feels to us like finals footy like you qualify to play in the finals you qualify to play in the grand final you go to Sydney like that's the trip you know I guess it's kind of like when you in college uh football where you qualified to play in the Rose Bowl. It's like you go to that's the thing. That's the whole point. Is that you're going to the Rose Bowl, you know? Yeah. Um so it works in it, it, every sport is different and it works in some sports it doesn't work in other sports. And yeah, to me when I heard the the A League had decided to have its all of its grand final games in Sydney, I just thought that I was like, man, that's weird. Like it feels like that was a positive that they had for their sport that worked great for their sport that they sort of just trod on. It was very, very weird to me. And I understood the fans walking out. I thought it was a great way to protest because it's so visual. But then when we saw what happened at that game where players, uh, people ran onto the pitch, it was like, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, the worst, worst thing they could have done. And, mm. yeah, just such a step back, unfortunately, and it's just not what wasn't needed. No, that's right. Um, listen to us talking about soccer. I know, I know. Do you want some rugby league news? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Okay. So there are reports coming out of the St. George Illawarra Dragons that they're t- thinking about dropping the name Illawarra from the club's name. All right. I've been waiting now, for this. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, when they were purchased, they're a privately owned club now, so they the owners can do what they want. Um, and St. George Dragons is about as perfect of a rugby league name as you can get in the whole sport. Like, there's, I don't think there's a better name in the whole sport than St. George Dragons. It's just so, there's not an ounce of fat on that name. Oh, you've just annoyed three Roosters fans. I don't care. 
And well, they can, you know what, Andrew? If they're worried about it, they can go back to being fucking eastern suburbs, okay? And stop stealing shit off the French. <laughs> but anyway, they can be the Charcoleurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, the cockles. The look. I think it's a slap in the face for people down in Wollongong and in the Illawarra region. Um, they're, you know, St. George, they're, they're always going to have a base there, but part of me feels as though they're more of a Wollongong team these days. I don't know about you, but that's the way I feel about the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And I just think turning your back on that area, I, I don't know, there's something I find distasteful about it by removing their name from the from the team's badge. Um, yeah, I don't see what they gain out of it. Um, yeah. There's a bit to lose out of it. Tell you what, though, if I was running the Sharks, I'd be starting to make a few inroads and start saying, you know what, people of Wollongong, you know, would, would you be open to the Sharks playing just, you know, just one home game down here at Wynn Stadium every year? You just be just be gentle. <laughs> just be gentle. You know. It might open up a pathway to have some of those uh, juniors that are south of Cronulla because it, it makes much more sense um, logistically yep. for Cronulla and Illawarra to have an, an affiliation than it does for St. George and Illawarra. And so, because you, you could then take Cronulla from having that small base that they have for their juniors and expand it as far south as they want down the coast to until they get to the territory where Canberra is. Yeah. But it would just it would help them with their junior situation a hell of a lot more, especially if St. George wants out of that. Well, I think if St. George wants out of it, they have to be out, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like if, say if I owned the St. George Illawarra Dragons, okay. And I decided I didn't, I, I decided that how it's working right now doesn't work for me. And I want to commit more to Sydney and in doing so, I'm going to change the name back to St. George Dragons. I, I changed to St. George Dragons and I play my games at the SFS because Cogger Oval is not an NRL quality stadium. It just isn't. No. And they could own the SFS. Like this is a club that in the past has owned Sydney, with, like without question. Game of the week, game of the round every week was St. George versus someone. Yeah. They can do that again in a brand new stadium there at Moore Park it, with, you know, they can give their their members a, a first class venue that they will turn up in numbers and they can commit to Sydney. And, and that's that's if they feel as though this having a foot in St. George and having a foot in, in Wollongong isn't working for them. But if they're going to do that, they have to they have to pull out of Wollongong. And I agree with you. I, I think if the Sharks were open to it, and I've talked about, I think that there needs to be a realignment of junior rugby league in Sydney and who your catchment area is. And I'd be completely open to if the Sharks wanted to fund it, taking over that whole area for themselves. And if the Dragons don't want it, relieve them of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know. I I think it's absolutely nuts. And the reason being, the reason why it's nuts is at the moment, Cronulla's the team that's in, in the weak spot because they're they're basically locked. 
you know, they've got the Bulldogs, Tigers, that sort of stuff out to the west of them. They've got the Dragons both north and south of them. So Cronulla's, there's very little room for them to do anything. They're just locked with what they have. Yeah. But if St. George Illawarra dropped the Illawarra half, that opens up that whole corridor south for Cronulla. But it then means that St. George is then the team that's locked because they'll have, what, the Bulldogs to their west and they'll have south directly to their north and Cronulla, Illawarra below them. Um, it just seems nonsense. I don't think you'd ever want to be a team that's got teams all around you and you're locked in. You want to be able to have that freedom to move around, which is why, you know, Penrith have always got opportunities to draw more people in everywhere because there's no one locking them into a certain small locked area. They can keep expanding further west if they want, as could could, um, the West Tigers. Yeah. There's no one stopping their growth further away if they want to stretch their their boundaries further with, you know, junior cashments and stuff like that. Um, That's kind of where you – that's the kind of the luxurious area you want to be in. You look at teams like um, South, the Roosters – and they're part landlocked and also other part of them is locked by other teams being so close around them that their junior area and their junior base is so small, but there's next to no chance for them to expand it because they're just going yeah. into the neighbouring team's territories. Yeah. So it just, I don't know, it just seems nuts to be wanting to to move out of that. And if, if it's just to drop the name Illawarra, the only thing that comes after that is Illawarra says, well, if we're not good enough to be on your badge, fuck you, we don't want to be a part of you at all. And then Illawarra just says, we don't want anything to do with this team anymore. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, it, it's got to play into, you know, funding for stadium upgrades and things like that for Wollongong Stadium or Wynn Stadium. Um, the, the the consortium that owns the Dragons is part of the Wynn group, the Wynn television group. Mm. So they're obviously going to want to play games there. But, you know, when you decide to take the name of the area off your badge, stop calling yourself that, now you're just the St. George Dragons. It, you know, the people of Wollongong are not going to take kindly th- to that, you know, and, and if they no. stop turning up, then what's the use? Yeah, it'd be like the West Tigers calling themselves the Balmain Tigers again. Yeah, and playing games games at Campbelltown. It, it, you know, it, it'd it make no sense, but... Yeah. It's a privately owned club. They can do what they want. That, that's true. That's true. Um, on a different note, but still speaking about the Dragons. Yes. Um, earlier today, they made a post that just said, finishing 2022 off with a bang. And I went, reads a bit different coming from a team that has Jack DeBellin in it. Well, it's, you know what? <laughs> I, did you see the thing where, because they had a blow up at training. They did. And it was, uh, what's his name? Zach Lomax. And Zach Lomax. I forgot the other guy. Mate, there's always a problem with fucking Lomax. There's always some drama I, around him. I legit think that he's just not happy at that club. Who gives a shit? No, I know that. But I think I think that's the reason. I don't think it's him with a um, an issue... As a, like, I don't think he's difficult or anything like that. I think it's just that he's just not happy there. Yeah. that's all, that, I think that's all it is. It's just frustration. You see it from a few players every now and then. 
but you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's got the skills and everything to be a very good player in, in the NRL. But when we see that he's not happy, and I, I don't think this has happened, something that happened last year. I think this has happened from that whole fucking barbecue bullshit that went on during COVID. Mm-hmm. And he got suspended and, and, you know, all that sort of gear that went on there. I think it started then because his form dropped drastically after that. And he was he was very poor last year compared to how he was in 2019, start of 2020. Yeah, half the player. So, yeah, I just think he's not happy there. I I honestly think that, like, if he's not happy there, I'd just release him. I, it's They've got so many bog average players at that club. Basically, the only good players they have are, are either called Ben or Hunt. Um, and everyone else is just crap, you know. It's they've got some real issues there. <laughs> yeah, like if somebody's um, not happy there, it's like, how about you play better? How about shut the fuck up and play better? Like I saw them doing in a post training session with the New South Wales Waratahs rugby union team. What the fuck is that all about? Yeah, that was weird. Um. I don't know what that's about. That was that's crazy, and New South Wales Waratahs were keen on it. Like they actually named it a thirteen-team side. It's crazy, you know. The rugby union they they keep doing this whole dance. They do, eh? It's I tell yeah. you what, it's the it is but, what was always going to most... happen when they become professional. They were so, always going to do this. Are they the most in denial sport in the country? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Like, what's the most what's the most prominent and successful form of rugby union at the moment? Rugby sevens. <laughs> and it's not that successful anymore, hey? Like well, I, no. I was I was reading some stuff about it during the week. How the uh you know how they've got that circuit that they set up. Mm. The the crowds for that are apparently just have fallen away. Um and you know, you People are really not happy with where rugby unions are as a as a spectacle, and of course, and like when you look at the financial meltdown of rugby union in England, it is phenomenal how much money they have lost. Like they've lost hundreds of millions of pounds, and like their clubs are going bust all over the shop. And they're going to rebrand it. I don't know why rebranding it makes it any different, but um, rugby. It worked, union, look, it worked well in rugby league. Why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> look, rugby union has some issues to sort out. In Australia, rugby union's completely fucked. And it's funny when they talk about what the problem is. None of them talk about the elephant in the room that is the national rugby league just is too big. And then in New Zealand, where it's one of the few places that can self-sustain itself. There's just not enough people to generate enough money for it. And they have traditionally relied on Australia and Australia's rugby union's fucked. So they're in trouble there. There's an awful lot of similarities between rugby league and rugby union in that area when it comes to Australia and New Zealand. That is, they've always relied on one another and regular visits from England. I know I'm talking about in the past, but... At least in rugby union, Australia, New Zealand, England were always very competitive with one another, and they would regularly tour all the time. 
And that's how they kept generating interest and generating income and revenue and sort of stuff. They kept that going. They were very good at doing that whole traditional stuff. That kept working for them all the time. But eventually, the financial side of it started to catch up with them. Things started to fall apart. And New Zealand has now become isolated. Yeah. And that's the worst thing possible for them because they are pretty much as far away from every other nation out there that's playing rugby union as there is. Yeah. They can no longer rely on, um, you know, the Australian competition to help them out financially or the Australian team to give them, you know, good competition and big crowds and all sort of stuff. Um, the tours from England, I mean, they're going to start to dry up a bit given their financial situation as well. So it's they're going to start getting isolated. They've still got plenty of cash and they're still doing very, very well. There's no doubt about it. But they've got to... They'll start having to put bigger bills in order to get um, the same level of quality opposition on a more regular basis. They'll have to start doing more tours. Their clubs will probably have to start travelling further to get that opposition as well if the super rugby thing doesn't work out anymore. Well, Dan, they, they locked in because they've got that super rugby union competition where South Africa left it. Mm. And then they basically cut it all back down and tried to streamline it and stuff like that. And I mean, it was a non-event this year. But they've locked into that non-event format for the next four or five years or something like that. They've got and next to no other option, though, have they? That's that, the problem. That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. And and you know, where do they go with that? Especially as the NRL, like even on a bad day, is making so many more times money every single year than they have. Um, you know, if I was the NRL, I'd be. I'd be setting up. I'd be setting up for about three years from now where I'd just say, boom, we're, we're adding three New Zealand teams. We're going to have a, a draft of New Zealand talent. It's going to be like 30 million bucks worth of like untapped salary cap in New Zealand for anybody that plays any form of rugby that wants to play rugby league. Be interesting if that happened, eh? Yeah, I'd... I'm, I'm on board with that. I'd like to see him put a team in Wellington, first and foremost. Yeah, well, we've talked about it. I, I don't know where the ideal place is, but... I just think like, you don't have another one in Auckland. Let the Warriors have Auckland. But yeah, put, a yeah, team I, in Wellington, put a team in Wellington. What about Christchurch, though? Well, you go there, but you want, you want to have two well-established teams, first and foremost. And Rugby League is not huge in the South Island. So get those two teams up and running. Get them good. You don't need to give them much time. Like, put a team in Wellington, give them five years, and then start making moves to put a team in Christchurch. That's that's all it would take. And if I was the NRL, my move into Christchurch would be, because they're talk, they've been talking about having an indoor stadium built in Christchurch, and mm. you can't really justify it with just one rugby union team there. But if no. the NRL stepped in and said, hey, we're, we're, we're all in, Let's get this stadium built. Yeah. And I just think it would be massive. But um, just on a different note and something else I've been thinking about, mm-hmm. I think it's time for the Melbourne Storm to start to have to pay money to develop junior rugby league in Victoria again, hey? Yeah. It's a tricky one. I don't know how they go about it. They've got so many competing forces down here. And so little base to work from. But um, 
I actually don't mind if the NRL foots the bill a little bit to start with because that stupid fine that they gave the the Storm for going over the salary cap. I'm not saying it wasn't justified, but the way they the way they issued that that fine should have been done differently. So it came entirely out of the uh, I don't know. Maybe the pockets of the people who were paid money by the Storm to actually do all of that rorting so that the club and the junior system that they had just started working on wasn't punished so heavily because that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind if the NRL was doing a, a dollar for dollar type thing as far as investment goes for a few years, not a lot, just to help get it set up, started, promoted, all that sort of thing, and then let the storm take take over the, the running of it from there. Um, because it, as I think the point you you were getting to was more the fact they've been around for 25 years. Yeah. Every time you start doing something. Exactly, exactly. And at some point, your club just becomes a freeloader on the work that everyone else is doing. And yeah. when you think of the freeloading clubs in our game, the storm are now, as you say, a quarter of a century. Now mm. you're freeloading. Mm. You know, and... I understand you're not going to have a massive junior base, but do something, you know, do anything at all. Yeah. Well, they set up a, um, uh, some sort of center of excellence type sort of thing that I'm aware of anyway, um, in the Northern suburbs of Melbourne here a few years back. And I don't think it got to get started because by the time they finished getting set up, COVID came along. Yeah. Um, but that was something that I believe the NRL invested heavily in to get started on. And it's because there's a lot of, um, a lot of Islander people live in the, the Northern suburbs of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, and I think the local competition's got two or three teams in the Northern suburbs. There's only like six teams all up or so in it. Yeah. So most of them are in the North. Um, so that was kind of the idea behind that. Uh, what they plan to do with it, though, I don't know. I've not heard anything about it for a year or two. Yeah. Um, what progress there is, what the plans are. I do know that the Storm have recently announced that they're going to start having more junior teams at more different age groups or something along those lines. Good. That's good. So the the ball is moving in that direction, which is a good a good thing. Yeah. Um, I hope to. the club, though, is very closely affiliated with it and very heavily invested in it not just we're just going to call them the storm and then walk away yeah they can they can wear our badges Mm. and that's it um yeah because look every club that's at that top level that's what it should all be about is you know we've talked about it before the ideal rugby and the ideal nrl club breaks even exactly to the dollar because every dollar that they make that would be profit they should be pouring into junior rugby league development and real development, not just buying elite juniors. That's right. Uh, which is what the Storm have done for forever now, is they just buy elite juniors. And look, that's that's fine when you're getting set up for 25 years in. Now it's time to stop fucking around and build yeah. something, build something real. No, I agree. There you go. We sorted that one out. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Now, <laughs> because it's Christmas... Yes. And we and we like giving gifts. Should we give a gift for every single 
NRL team that something Santa would give them. I think this is a good idea. Okay. Something, something they need to help them out for next year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Hmm. Now, you, you can chime in if you've got any that you think a team would like. I've written down a few gifts. I've got a couple that are free. No. Um, I'm going to start with the Gold Coast Titans. Okay. I think that the Christmas gift they could use is a new coach, somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody that never coached St. Helens, somebody that, uh, you know, isn't going to be happy with them coming 10th place every year. Someone like Michael Maguire would go great there. He would, but Maguire is actually an assistant coach now at the Canberra Raiders. He is. Which is a good pickup for them. Absolutely it is. Um, the, there's been a lot of talk that David Fafida will go down to Canberra as well. They've actually been whining and dining him down in Canberra, which is hilarious because the last thing he needs is more dining. Um, they showed him around their facilities. <laughs> hey, I've, I've been to Canberra. Whining and dining means they've taken him to Parliament House and paid $35 for a pie. I know, right? So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't start me on Canberra rant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I skipped over Wales. I'm not going to start on Canberra. <laughs> fucking hole full of nothing. Um, yeah, David Fafita. Look, anytime you can get a guy that's paid a million bucks a year that's fucking lazy, you got to do it. And the Raiders are all in on him. But yeah, the Titans. I reckon they could use a new coach. New coach. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be giving him a go. I reckon he'd go well there. Yeah. There's now, also, I suppose there's also Des Hasler. Yeah, but they, when we saw Des Hasler at the Bulldogs, like, fuck. That was bad. Yeah, but he might actually get Fafita to play decent footy, given that he likes his forwards to be ball players. Yeah, but look at Des Hasler's track record with giant oversized second rowers that play out in the centres. It's not good. <laughs> Uh, it's it's better than what the Titans, the Titans are doing at the moment, though, under yeah. St. Helens coach. That's true. That's true. Now, the Canberra Raiders, I kind of spoiled this one a little bit. Uh, yep. The thing that I would get them is an overpriced, lazy second rower. <laughs> uh, that's what they want, apparently. That's what they sat on Santa's knee and said they wanted. So I, I'd give that to them. you give them that? Yeah. Um, yeah, geez, there's a few they could get. Who would, be the, who would be the next overpaid, lazy second rower? Ooh, Dave Taylor. <laughs> He's a man. I wonder what Dave Taylor is doing now. I feel like Dave Eating. Taylor is like doing mining or something somewhere. He could be. Um, I feel like he wears like high vis and and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone like um. Oh. That guy that used to be at the West Tigers that was half decent. The dude that went to... Cowboys. Guy? Oh, the Cowboys, yeah, Luciano yeah. Leilua. Yeah. Do you reckon he's lazy? He can be, yes. Especially when you put him when you put him in a weak pack, Yeah. he works really hard. When he, gets, when he has to be the bloke who leads the way. But when he's in a team that's got some good leaders and some good workers, he can... Sit back a bit. I think it's a confidence thing with him. I think that 
when he is when he feels as though he's the only one that can do something, he, he grabs the bull by the horns, which is basically what you've just said. Yeah. But when he's in a better pack like he is at the Cowboys, he 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 doesn't feel like he can do the same thing, which is what you want him to do. You want him to grab the ball because he's amazing. Like Oh god, yeah. He's a he's an incredible player. He's one of my favourite players to watch, actually. He always yeah. has been, everyone who's at the Dragons. Yeah, oh, the Dragons never used him properly. No. No. They tried to move him into the front row a few times, and they had him playing as a middle forward and that sort of thing. And just look, I'm going, what are you doing? Yeah, you he's doing? one of the few second rowers that could absolutely embarrass a defender and just could create a break out yeah. of nothing. He's got a very good lateral step. Yeah, my God, man. Um, yeah, what else? I think Canberra. I'd probably give him a personality. Would you really? What type of person? One that. Uh, any personality? One that one that doesn't sit down on the curb and cry to themselves any time something goes against them? Yeah, I think maybe happy-go-lucky. I think my my best memories of Canberra are when they're happy-go-lucky and they're just throwing the ball around and racking up points. Because you think of most of the – some of the best attacking football you've ever seen in your, in your lifetime – Mm-hmm. comes from Canberra playing great attacking footy. And I'm not just talking the early 90s either. There was a few seasons, was it 2016, when they could just score points at will. Mm-hmm. Um, when Canberra's playing good attacking football and they're blitzing everybody in attack, they tend to be just really, 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 really fun to watch. But we don't see it anywhere near enough anymore. And Ricky's killed it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he found the recipe in 2016 and then... And then put it in a box somewhere and forgot what he did with the box. Ricky Stewart is like one of those partners you have that just drains the fucking soul out of you. <laughs> right. Now you're, you're laughing. Yeah. Just the sort that you're like eventually you just stare into the distance because you just, you've got no soul left. Yeah. Ricky Stewart. You sit um, down and you just look in your hands, going, "What have I done?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you don't even realize—you don't even realize when it happened. It just sort of happened over a period of time, and you know, it's like getting sucked out into the ocean by a riptide. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the St George Illawarra Dragons. The thing that I would get them for Christmas is enough bronze to make a statue of Ben Hunt, because he's the only player of note that they've had in the last ten years. Oh man. And look, I, I understand that somehow Matt Cooper would make it about him, but uh, yeah, Ben Hunt, the only player on the Dragons, the only person at the Dragons worth anything, eh? I, yes, I've got two gifts for him. Okay, All right, some gaffer tape to put over um, Jack DeBellin's mouth. Yes, and a PR manager. <laughs> yeah, that would be handy, hey? Yeah, because we don't need to hear anything about Jack DeBellin ever again. The best thing for him to do for the rest of his career is to be seen and not heard. Yeah, it's weird. And, that when, they... he, and when he is seen, it's only when he's playing football. That's it. Yeah. Go to the game, play footy, then go home. In rugby league, we do this all the time where th- th- it, for whatever reason, we put forward our worst. <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps going on and on and on. So that, that's what I'd get them. They're, they're lucky. They get two gifts this year. That's one pretty. one for St. George and one for Illawarra. That's very nice. <laughs> now, for the New Zealand Warriors, I'd like to get someone, anybody, that's competent at anything for the New Zealand Warriors. 
Mm. Just anything. Just like marketing, uh, selling season tickets, um, just anything at all. Just, you know, coaching, uh, junior development, playing football, training, uh, fitness, anything at all. Yeah, I. that's a tough one. I want, I want to try and think of something a little bit more specific. But, you know, you've kind of covered everything. Yeah, yeah. Just that's why, I, like, I just want one person that's good at their job that's I'd, there. I'd like to see what they do if you could enter in a cheat code and you gave them $100 million. <laughs> Boom. Where'd that come from? I don't know. Let's just pretend it's not there. You do what you need to to try and make your club successful and just see what they do with it. It's like, how do you make a small fortune at the New Zealand Warriors? You start with a big one. Exactly. <laughs> now, for the Parramatta Eels, um, a subsidiary of the Penrith Panthers, Ooh. I, I would like to get the Parramatta Eels a hooker. <laughs> now, I don't mean one of those hookers, Andrew, right? I didn't think you were. No, no. This is the Christmas special. I'm not going to say that they already got fucked hard enough on grand final day. I mean a dummy half hooker because the one that they've got now is about 42 years old and uh, he, he looks old for his age and he's coming off a knee surgery, which ended his year last year. And I don't think he's going to last too long, and they're going to need a replacement for him really quickly. So I'd get them a hooker. I'd get them about another $800,000 so they can sign Mitch Moses so he doesn't go to the Tigers. Did you see the giant contract that they handed out during the week? To Dylan Brown? Yeah. This, it was a weird one. It was like we've given him an extension for one or two seasons, but an offer for him to take up until, you know, he turns 94 or something. Yeah, to 2030, <laughs> I think it was. It's nuts. And they've got it's got clauses in it and stuff that he can leave and they can break it and stuff like that. And it's like, wh- why? <laughs> why the fuck did they do that? It's insane. Yeah, very but strange. They've, they've gone a bit loco in this yeah. offseason. Yeah. Because they've yeah. got rid of a whole lot of good players and signed none that I'm aware of. It sounded like the sort of dumb fuck idea that Nathan Brown had come up with, hey? <laughs> it's like, you know what you need to do? You need to commit the next 20 years to this 5-8 that's very good defensively, but when he plays in the big games, he goes completely missing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I, I saw a, th- a thing on Instagram the other day saying, you know, can Parramatta go one step further? And I went, they're going to be struggling to make sure they don't go four steps backwards. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but if they do go better, Jerome Luai is going to be very proud of his children. Now, <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs. I actually like the Rabbitohs. Hey, I like seeing them too well. So I wasn't, I wasn't cruel with them. I'd like to get them the replacement, and not necessarily now, but just the the guy that we know is next, the replacement for Cody Walker, because Cody Walker is, you know, he's only got a few more years left. There's nothing wrong with his form. He's a very good player still. But I would just like to see, you know, Ilias's halves partner emerge this year coming up. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like to give them a Bugatti Veyron. Yeah. So they can park that in Latrell's garage next to that Mercedes he's got. <laughs> next to that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Mercedes, which is actually seventy grand. Yeah, that he didn't own. 
Yeah, that was yeah. his mate. Yeah, that's all right. So I, I think I think that would that would go well because let's be honest, he deserves it. Yeah, true, true. Um, the Sydney Roosters. I would mm. get them some local juniors. Now, what for all? any Sydney Roosters fans that are, are listening and they don't understand that combination of words, right? but no, I would get them some local juniors. Some local juniors. Yeah. Roosters. Um, you know, I, I think what I'd, you know, I'll, I'll be kind. I think I'd just get them some luck. Okay. Okay. They've had fuck all luck in the last few years, mostly with injuries. Um, so, you know, just just a year with, with, with some luck. Okay. That's Not a huge amount. Just That's just true. luck with injuries. Just a little bit. Um. Let's go on to one that's less controversial than the Sydney Roosters call. Mm-hmm. The Manly Sea Eagles. Oh. I'd like to get them a float at the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. <laughs> inclusion, Andrew. I'm all about inclusion. And I think that if the Manly Sea Eagles don't have a float there, it's a disgrace. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I'd probably get... Get me in a, um, some Kevlar vest. Yeah. Because they're going to need it when that coach starts getting stabbed. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking shit. It's going to get nasty. It's You know what? I, I'm sorry, Manly fans. I'm kind of looking forward to it, hey? It's going to be such a fucking mess that oh. it's just I, like I want to just eat popcorn and watch it. The only thing that's saving the West Tigers from a year of media barrage, because the Tigers are going to get... Trust me on this. They're going to get so much positive media this year. It's going to be sick, and it's all because of Sheen's being there. Yeah. All right. The only thing that's going to save us from that sickening outburst from the media is the the knives the media are going to have out every fucking day for Seabold. Yeah. So well, Kevlar vest. He's going to have one on the front, one on the back. Okay. Um, so one one is a scarf. One is a helmet. One is a scarf. <laughs> One, one he'll wear like a cricket box, some some around his thighs. You should be, you should be fine. <laughs> Seeing as you brought up the West Tigers, mm-hmm. I would get the West Tigers a trip to go and see the Wizard of Oz because they need a brain, a heart, and the fucking nerve because they haven't got any of it. And, and they need a path as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I would get the West Tigers. Uh, um, I would get the West Tigers um, a do-over. For what? The West Tigers. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole joint venture. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. fair enough. Um, let's, let's just say that last year was the West Magpies, and then we'll start this year as the West Tigers. You know what? The Magpies can even have the 2005 Grand Final. I'll let them have that. Yeah. They've got to take all the other shit that went with it as well, though. And we'll just go back to, you know, West Tigers, established 2023. That's fair enough. That's my offer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. I would get them the world's best fantasy rugby league team manager because they're going to need it because the way that their roster's being handled right now, they're going to end up playing, like, fucking 12 players to p- 
play for other clubs in about a year and a half from now. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's almost like Des has returned. Yeah, yeah. We we used to joke about it at the Panthers, remember? And now mm. he's doing the same shit at the, the Bulldogs. Uh, the Melbourne Storm. I'm getting them some local juniors as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the Melbourne Storm um, one full injury-free season for Pappenhausen. Oh, that would be good, yeah. I'd wish I'd thought of that one. I think that'd go down well. The Dolphins, our newest member of the NRL community. Yeah. I'm going to get them somebody that they can fucking market. <laughs> <laughs> like, at the moment, it's like, come and watch the Bromwich Brothers. <laughs> I'm going to get them a place that they can call home that's not called the... Yeah, the... <laughs> Have you ever been to that? No, no. I've, I've heard it's got a good football ground. Yeah, those those nice place. Mm. Um, now there's a couple of teams I I didn't know what to write down for. Okay. Yep. So one of them was the Cronulla Sharks, and I was thinking about this, but I, I thought about it and I worked it out. Yep. Uh, while I was driving today, I'm gonna get them. A some white out, you know, liquid paper, mm-hmm. and they can just basically pour a big vat of it on their last ten years. Oh, they're happy with one of those ten years. Yeah, but th- that one year wasn't a good year. <laughs> we know why. Yeah, they don't care. Trust me. I know, they, but that's they, the problem. They like that one year. Just yeah, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Um, yeah, the Sharks, that is a tricky one. What would you get the Sharks? A stadium that can hold 12,000 yeah, know what? I'd, I'd, I'd get them a stadium that, A, isn't built near a swamp. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, and, yeah, can hold 30,000 people. 30,000? Yeah. Yeah. Because let's be honest, they're going to start playing. They're going to start having Illawarra fans come to their games. They're going to need a few <laughs> extra seats. Imagine if in 10 years' time the Sharks playing Illawarra full-time. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I was going to say the Knights. The Knights? I would yeah. get them a professional NRL club. <laughs> I was just going to buy them a fuck ton of plastic chairs so the coach has got something to kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know he's going to blow up after at the first half time in game one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Nights to be up thirty nil. He's still kicking chairs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd get them is so that they don't have to rely on that fucking pub team organisation that they've had for the last thirty years. <laughs> yes. One that I didn't have anything for was the Brisbane Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't think of anything for them because I think that they're. I like some of the things that I like. I think they'll be all right next year. And I like Kevin Walters, what he's done up there. He's not a super coach, but he's done very well up there. And he's done a lot better than I think you and me thought he was going to do up there. Absolutely. Um, I'd probably I, I, give him some, some Nutri-Grain so they've got a bit more stamina to get through the end of the year. Yeah, something like that, hey? Yeah. Uh, who and maybe something to calm pain Haas down off the field, hey? Yeah, he needs that, to chill. Yeah, yeah. Just just be chill, man. Be happy. Yeah. Work's got to settle. Yeah, yeah. The North Queensland Cowboys. 
Oh yes, mate. I'm getting them a new a new bloody uh, sound system to play some decent fucking music. Why? Oh man, I don't know if you ever hear the music on the on the games. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's crap. Really? It's like a bunch of naughty shit. I never like, noticed that. It's a mix of so fresh albums. So fresh. <laughs> oh, it's horrid, man. It's horrid. That's hilarious. Yeah. That, that's all I'm getting them. Uh, now, I think there's only one more team left. Who's that? That's the Penrith Panthers. Oh, yeah. I just get them a bit of luck. I just think that they've been a bit unlucky over the last couple of years. And it'd just be nice to see something go their way, hey? I think what they need is a small handicap. And so I think they should take something back. Something that they used to have, Mm -hmm. I think they should take it back. No, he's staying at the West Tigers. (laughs) No, I think you should have the pot plant back. Oh, Justin, a potato? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You have Pasco back. Wow, I thought we were friends, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) If, If they can win a premiership with the pot plant there... Yep. Then they sh- they deserve to be in the same conversation as the dragons of the fifties and sixties. <laughs> One premiership win with that bloke at the club that should be worth about nine. <laughs> they should get like a head start in the competition points. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Okay, you know what you could do? Wow, I just thought of something really cool. You could for the West Tigers' entire history. Work out what the handicap would have to be, the points head start for them to make the finals. Just eighth place. Um, yeah, probably at least 10 points. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find I out. Know, I know it wouldn't have helped this year. No, no. But Well, actually, for, for a bunch of their years, probably two or three points. Yeah, but but, but here's the thing. Then they've had every so often years that have been shocking. Mm-hmm. So, not, not every so few. Like, I wonder which team would yeah. need the biggest handicap. Uh, Probably, uh, if you go, say you do... Five, oh, are we just talking NRL era? There's no such thing as the NRL era. You know that. Well, let's do from 2000 onwards. Okay. Uh, let's see. Actually, let's do 2002 onwards, the last 20 years. All right? Mm-hmm. So my guess is you're going to have the Knights... Very high up that list. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I know who the the prominent teams will be. It's going to be Knights, Titans, Tigers, Warriors, Parramatta. And Parramatta's starting to leave that group. And I think Penrith would be not too bad on that list too. I think they uh, handicap list for sure. No, the last few years they've they've fixed that. Yeah, true, true. But Titans, Titans, Warriors, Tigers, definitely three, mm-hmm. the, the bottom three. And the Knights... Knights would be very, very much amongst them. No doubt about it. They yeah, because like four teams. How many good seasons have the Knights had in the last twenty years? Like I can think of one in particular. Yeah, maybe two or three, or like where they've they've made the finals. Yeah. Um, and actually deserve to be there. Yeah. Have just snuck in. Yeah. Um, even the Dragons are starting to head southwards a little bit. True. I think they'd be helped out by the first 10 years. Yeah. Um, the second 10 years has been rough for them. South also, they were horrible those first 10 years that they came back. Yeah, yeah true. Well, not 10 years, probably eight years or so. But, uh, 
Yeah. There's only really been three or four teams that have been consistently dog shit. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. It's a surprise, surprise. They all finished in the bottom four this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's the salary cap that's the problem. How weird yeah. is it that the NRL hasn't set the salary cap yet for next year? What the fuck are they doing? I know. It's their job. It's it's very nearly the next year. <laughs> yeah. And how are they going to work? Like, if they don't know what the salary cap is, how do they know if anyone's breaking it? Yeah. Maybe, like that's, the, maybe that's the plan to catch them all out. I, they come out imagine, and they go, yeah. surprise, we've decided to knock three, $3 million off the salary cap. Oh, you're all over. <laughs> What if oh, clubs... except for except for the dolphins? Shit. <laughs> what if the clubs all got together, right, and said we are not going to sign a collective bargaining agreement with the NRL that runs through November and December? We will only sign it from January, and then they go back to their players and they say, "Hey, we're going to pay you shitloads of money to extend your contracts." <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh wow. That'd be amazing. In theory, it could happen. Imagine that. They come out and they just say, um, you know, hey, Nathan, we found a few poker machines out the back. They may or may not have the keys in them to the hoppers. <laughs> and they may or may not have been emptied for a while. Um, if, you know, you're walking past and your hand accidentally bumps the key and it opens the door up and the money falls out of it into your pocket... Um, yeah, find us keepers. Do you reckon? And I, I, I don't know the answer to this, right? But with how much money Nathan Cleary is on, I like, I feel as though whatever is in a poker machine pro- would be nice, but like, not, oh, not, it's not close. Yeah. It's just be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, nice weekend there. Yeah, it's a few grand. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. That's, that's what I thought. The hoppers aren't too big on them. Yeah, the note hoppers. Yeah, you're not going to feel unless someone's beating hundreds in there. But even still, they do get full after a while. Yeah, true. But you're not going to get too much in there. Not a big poker machine player. Hey, I find them boring. They are boring. Yeah, I I think it's because I uh, it's like you just press a button and you're waiting, and you know it's all like just numbers in a computer. Like it's not like you're thinking, oh my luck, my luck, my luck. It's just no, like. It's- and we're going to be rigged. here when it goes off. It's entirely rigged. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not that's not me. You know, talking bullshit. Like that. They are designed to not pay out a hundred percent of the money that goes in there, or more than that. It's designed to pay out less. Yeah, between seventy and eighty-five percent or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't put your money in there. Go and spend it at the bar. Get yourself shit faced instead. <laughs> that's Respon- responsible service here. Go yeah. actually go and. Go and bet on sport, you know, on outcomes of results and stuff like that. If you want to spend money on gambling and stuff like that, at least on that one there, you're using your intuition and you're, you know, you're using a bit of nous. There's no nous or skill or anything like that involved in poker machines. You, your son agrees. Um, I mean, he does. He knows I talk fact. Yeah, but don't bet on basketball games day to day. Bet, you bet on basketball games day to day, you're going to lose money. Because even if you bet on the good teams to win, basketball teams lose, man. Yeah. The same goes with a lot of the soccer games as well. Because they've got such big rosters, they tend to chop and change the squads an awful lot. So it's hard yep. to sort of 
get a genuine form line on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't all have the same incredible consistency of the Penrith Panthers, I guess. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or the well, Wales International it, Rugby League team. I know. Fuck Wales. Um, <coughs> it's been a good episode. Have you enjoyed it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We should do this more often. We should. Uh, we'll do the King of Rugby League Awards before the year ends. Mm-hmm. Might do it tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, you doing anything massive for Christmas? Um, not working. That's massive. That, that's pretty impressive for me. Yeah. I usually my, just work the whole time and occasionally I sleep. My plan is to eat all of the turkey. I love turkey. Love turkey? Yeah. I've rarely eaten it. I've found it a bit dry, but that's about it. Oh, really? Do, I don't, do you, don't mind it, but it's, you know. What about with cranberry sauce? What's cranberry sauce? You don't know what cranberry sauce is? No, I do. I'm pretty much just saying I don't eat that. Oh, okay. If I'm putting sauce on a thing, it's barbecue sauce. Okay, I like barbecue sauce too, but I like turkey with cranberry sauce. Uh, the smoky barbecue sauce, a bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that stuff goes all right. What about gravy on turkey? Yeah, I'm not English. Yeah, I, I don't mind gravy on turkey, but I like that cranberry sauce better. Okay. Do you, have you ever had a seafood Christmas? Um, I'm allergic to some seafood, so I can't hey. really. Yeah. What? Shellfish. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Do you know you can't eat cockroaches then? Yeah, that has been a downside. Yeah, it's drawback. Because they are tasty fuckers. Fuck yeah, so juicy. Mm. Um, what do you want Santa to get you for Christmas? Um, nothing from the West Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> That, what that's about, it. You wouldn't want season tickets from the West Tigers? No. Okay. No. I, I did reply to one of their tweets the other day. They put out there saying, um, if you're looking for gift ideas, um, why not? Why not consider one of our season tickets from the West Tigers? And I went, hmm, I think I might reconsider. Look <laughs> yeah. elsewhere. I'm not interested. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you're bored and you're one of those people that just trawls through social media posts, Go and follow the West Tigers on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Every time they put out a post, don't don't reply to it. Just read the replies from the West Tigers fans. Fucking amazing stuff. Great content. Really? Are West Tigers fans angry or are they oh, just yeah, over they're all, it? They're all pissed off. They've all got the shits. They hate them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant reading. By the way, I don't think that we've been on since... Uh... Since uh, Jerome Luai did his fucking speech. Yeah, that yeah, that was. Uh, every now and then, you 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 get this yo-yo effect with Jerome Luai. Mm-hmm. He does something stupid, and he follows up with something great. Mm. You know, and you know he recently had a great World Cup, and then he comes out and he says that stupid shit, and you're like, "Come on, man!" No, at some stage, just pull your head in, man. I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought it was funny to see people reacting to a, a best man speech at a wedding none of them well, were invited to. <laughs> I know. It's the whole – that whole aspect of things is fucking nuts. Mm. It just proves now that there's nothing 
I mean, we knew this already when Nathan Cleary decided to have a drink with someone who wasn't male, that, oh, he must have a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, you know, the for some reason, the media is hyper-obsessed with what the Panthers players are doing in their private lives. Yeah. You don't see this with other clubs. Um, I find it absurd. And part of me initially thought that maybe Lou I knew was going to be recorded, so he was kind of just uh, shit-stirring. But still, you know, there are some things you say and some things you don't say, whether you're shit-stirring or not. Um, So there's that. But, yeah, just at some stage you've just got to go, you know what, yeah, he said the wrong thing and whatnot, but some of the some of the suggestions, oh, you should get suspended for this or that, and go, just <laughs> fucking ease up. Yeah, just calm down. Yeah, yeah. It's not a real problem. Yeah, he's at a private function. Like, it's like everyone in the media has forgotten what private means. Yeah. Until you start talking about their private life. Yeah, then then they deserve privacy. Yeah, that's privacy. Yeah, it matters now, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, what else would I like for Actually, the one thing I would like for Christmas is to get the uh, the next yearbook finished before Christmas. Yeah, can't wait to read the yearbook, hey? Mm, it's touch and go. Oh, we're trying to get it done. We're pretty much sure we've got nearly all the content there, so it's just piecing it all together. Yeah. Um. But it will be out earlier than the other years, which is the main thing. That's um, Hoping to find a publisher who would be interested in printing out all three of them and maybe putting them on sale somewhere as well. So uh, oh, we'll see how we go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I plan on taking a lot of pictures of the stuff that I collect and putting it on my Instagram. Awesome, that'll give me something to do. Yeah, so that'll be fun. <laughs> um, you better not be fucking commenting on shit. I've got all these Mandalorians I've gotten made and stuff, and I'm like, oh, look at this, and you're like, oh, it looks like a fucking letterbox. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do some of that. Uh, I, oh, I didn't, I don't think I've told you this. I picked up two stray kittens. Two kittens? Two kittens, yeah. Wow. I heard a little meowy voice one morning. I uh, went outside and there was this little black ball of fluff and I managed to convince it to come to me and I thought somebody would come and claim it, you know. And then so I looked after it and got it all stuff and um, and then I started hearing another little meowy voice and it was its little brother or sister. I think one's a boy and one's a girl. And got there's that a, one. There's a way you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... They're, they're pretty young, but they're old enough that you know they they eat and stuff, and and they were healthy, um, and yeah. So I've got two little kittens now, and I'm trying to augment them into um, the same realm as Lucy, who is basically at this point just like a little rhinoceros, and it's it you know she's pretty good with them, mm. but she is also a rhinoceros, so. Yes. She, 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 everything she does is like at 100% and she is still learning like you got to chill. So, but she's doing good with them. That's good. So you, you decided to become a cat lady. Well, I got two cats at the moment and a dog and man, I didn't expect it. (laughs) 
I used to be allergic to cats, hey, but I don't think I am anymore. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, you're taking on a lot there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I've got one cat, and that's one cat too many. You haven't got a cat, you got a fucking predator walking around your <laughs> fucking lounge room and shit. <laughs> it just looks around, trying to figure out ways of, you know, devouring all of us so I can yeah. go outside. Your cat is only a few kilograms away from needing a license to own it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it, it is getting a bit older, though. Oh, really? How old is it? Be, it's almost 10. Oh, I think it's that... actually, I think it might be 10. Oh. But, um, it gives you that look oh. of, I'm going to kill you, but I need to have a nap first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got the upper hand now. Have I ever, have I ever said on the podcast that, like when people die, dogs don't eat ya. They wait till they're starving to death before they eat ya. But a cat yeah. will eat you as soon as you stop moving. Well, yeah, it's food. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fucked. Yeah, I mean, you've now got two of those things. Yeah, yeah, they're just waiting. They look yeah. at me as a food source. That's right. Which is hilarious because I look at them as a food source as well. It's a circle <laughs> of life. <laughs> The laws of the jungle. Yeah. Oh man, cat well, lady. I want to. Uh, I want to wish everyone a merry Christmas, hey? Yeah, merry Christmas, everyone. Um, make sure you check out Die Hard. Yep. Um, make sure you go to our episode of uh, when we were watching Die Hard. Mm-hmm. That that can be your companion. And uh, yeah, hope all your your Christmas gifts that um, you don't need to re-gift or throw away or give to other people, because that's just that's just work, really, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, you know, I hope you don't have to ask for receipts. Yeah, it's always yeah, embarrassing when you're like, man, this thing's too, this thing doesn't fit me, or I've already got this, or whatever. I don't want this. Yeah, I don't. I don't want this. Who the fuck are you? Get the fuck out of my house. Exactly. Sort of yeah, and give me back my kittens. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> um, remember to leave milk and cookies out for Santa. Mm. Yeah, he likes cookies. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have a have an awesome Christmas. Absolutely, and we will. Uh, yeah, we'll try and get the. Uh, the King of Rugby League Awards out very, very soon mm-hmm. as a bit of a second Christmas treat. Jeez, we're looking after you guys today. Yeah, we're awesome. That's our Christmas gift to everyone. That's it. You get our awesomeness again. <laughs> and uh, we have every intention of being here again next year. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, uh, it's just because it's been so quiet is that, like, what are we supposed to talk about? You know, every, everything went quiet and stuff. And yeah. I mean, as we proved today. There was so yeah. to talk about. We started talking about soccer. Yeah. Is that what you really want? <laughs> no one wants that. No one wants that. You you deserve better. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone, again. Uh, make sure you check us out on the socials on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Check us out on all of those as well. And uh, we'll catch you all next time.